Welcome to Live from Size Lounge, weekly conversations with alumni of Iowa State University. At the ISU Alumni Association, we strive to facilitate the lifetime connection of cyclones everywhere, communicating, connecting, and celebrating cyclone pride. This series is made possible thanks to the more than 43,000 members of the Alumni Association. If you are interested in staying connected to the university and receiving all the benefits and services of being a member, visit isualum.org to learn more. Good afternoon and welcome into Live from Size Lounge. My name is Matt Van Winkle with the ISU Alumni Association. We are excited to welcome Jeff Joniak as our guest today, a 1984 graduate of Iowa State with a degree in journalism. Jeff is currently in his 24th season calling games for the NFL Chicago Bears and his 20th as play-by-play -play announcer. Joniak discovered sportscasting at Iowa State and officially got his start calling Iowa State baseball games for the student radio station. When he's not calling Bears games, Jeff works as the director of sports programming for WBBM in Chicago and hosts the station's drive time sports talk show. In his career, Joniak has been honored with several awards, including best sports reporting by the Associated Press and the Chicago Midwest Emmy Award for his work on the Bears television shows. Please help me welcome Jeff Joniak. Hey, Jeff. Hey, good afternoon, Matt. How are you, man? Good to do doing doing well. Lounge. Yes, we are in the Alumni Association in Size Lounge. You can probably, well, if I, if I go like this, you can actually see Cy behind me. <laughs> yeah, I see him. I see him. And you got the nice Bears logo behind you. Are you, are you joining us from a studio today? Yes, yes. Uh, Bears broadcast facility and, uh, you know, working in the, uh, the COVID world. So we can't really have interactions with the players this year. So it's a little different. So kind of the way. Well, we'll get into some of those changes that you've experienced this season, but I uh, want to talk about your, your time at Iowa State and just how you kind of got to where you're at today. And, uh, you know, you started here, you know, you were a student in 19, I graduated in 1984. You were a student back in the 1980s. But why did you ultimately decide to come to Iowa State? Well, it wasn't for journalism, that's for sure. It was for meteorology. That's what I wanted to do since I was in second grade, as the story goes. But I just could not do well with calculus. Calc 101 about killed me, so uh, you need that to be a meteorology major. And uh, I, I literally handpicked it because of meteorology. So had to go in a different direction and just on a whim, uh, just got involved with the student radio station. And within a week, I was doing a talk show, breaking down a uh, 1983, I think, uh, 82, 81, 81 NFC championship game on the radio. And I'm thinking, wow, I, I can do this and love sports. So started doing baseball games in the spring and then the following year became sports director of the radio station down there at the time it was called KUSR and called football games, basketball games, hockey games, you name it. We did it and uh, had a great crew and a great time there in the, in the bottom of Friley hall. What was it like being a student, being able to call games? I know a lot of people when they, when they get out of, out of college, it's, they don't have much experience, but you were able to get a lot of great experience while you were yeah. a student here. I really was, you know, and, and we, I did the football games and uh, <clears throat> I actually had a, a former player coach as the, as the color man mm. on Sirianni. So that was a great benefit. And, you know, you had to spread the wealth a little bit. We had a bunch of people that wanted to do this for a career. So you would call maybe, you know, for basketball, you maybe call the first half and you were a color analyst the second half. And so, it was kind of interesting, but at that time, um, 
in those times, you know, it was Johnny Orr in basketball. So Jeff Hornacek and Jeff Grayer and Barry Stevens, all those great basketball names in Iowa State history, the, the games were super exciting. So I just remember losing my mind with some last second finishes. And, you know, you looked forward to it so much. And that's why I knew I, I uh, it had bitten me, that love of calling games because of Iowa State. And it was just an exciting time. It was like yourself getting ready for an athletic event and, and instead you're you're calling the games and just started to craft your style and you know sadly I didn't get to do play-by-play then until much later in my professional career but that was the basis that got me started and it was wonderful to get the opportunity a lot of colleges now do you know look at Syracuse for example that that churns out great talent every year and that's that's a big deal you have to compete to get on the air there and to call a basketball game or a football game. And uh, I was afforded a lot of great opportunities at KUSR at the time. What sort of things did you learn when you were a student here that really allowed you to kind of cut your teeth and get that experience to, to kind of help you where you're at today? And maybe what kind of things are you using today that you learned as a student at Iowa State? Well, you know, the big thing is just uh, all the assets. Uh, you know, at the time, WOI television was on campus, and I, I'm not certain that it is anymore, if I'm not mistaken. At the time, I, I was, I still am actually, believe it or not, given what I do now, this is my 20th year calling games mm-hmm. and 34 years in the business here in Chicago. I'm a very shy guy. I didn't want to do television. I was very happy being behind a microphone in a radio studio and that was good enough for me. But at the time there was a sports director by the name of Mark Matthew, people in Iowa certainly remember Mark and he really wanted me to get involved with television. So I did an internship there and it was a lot of great work. A lot of, I really got to understand the business quite a bit. And as a student, I mean, I give up my week Fridays and Saturdays. I travel around throughout the state, you know, filming, you know, basketball, volleyball, you name it men's and women's sports and then had the opportunity to do packages and, and things like that just a, a part of my resume tape you know not really to go on the air but editing under pressure and then I also worked at the Iowa State Information Service and that allowed me to get in front of the head coaches at the time it was Jim Kreiner in football and Johnny Orr and going into their offices as a young college student was quite intimidating and uh, depending on what day you go in, when things are going well or not, you know, you might you might get a little friction and, you know, you'll learn right then and there. You got to have thick skin to be in this business and, you know, don't take anything personally. But overcoming the fear of asking questions or maybe asking the wrong question at the wrong time that might not get the response you want. But I had great experiences at the Iowa State Information Service also getting to learn uh, different things other than sports and putting it out. It was a phone line. I don't, I'm sure they don't have this anymore either. And so radio stations across the state would get actualities that I would from my interviews. And so I really got a lot of experience with that. And then being the sports director at the radio station for two and a half years, three years, that was a, a major experience for me to basically experiment. Uh, you know, I remember we used to do the intramural basketball scores at night from all the different residence halls and the fraternities. And obviously so, some were, you know, today you get in trouble for saying the names, <laughs> but I have tapes of that somewhere in a box. I'd love to listen to sometime because uh, we did, we did it just like you would do it here. You know, we, we get in there morning and do, do morning news and morning sports and you'd have to get up at the crack of dawn and you know, I had a DJ in there spinning records and in fact, uh, loose cycle who uh, is still working in Des Moines in morning television, 
he was the morning DJ and I was the sports guy coming in. And so it's just fun stuff. Hosted a talk show at night. I can't remember the name of it now because originally it was KPGY. So we called ourselves KPiggy and then it was KUSR changed university student radio. I don't even know what it is now, but KURE. Do they do sports and news? Because I hope they do. They do. They do. I was, I was involved with the sports radio as well. Um, didn't call any games like you did, but, uh, I was involved with some cyclones.tv stuff and they still do call games at, at Jack Trice. And I believe st- they still do some at Hilton. So in addition to all that, then you have the, the educational aspect of it. And, you know, obviously I had a tough time starting out in meteorology and taking math and science, which I wasn't mm-hmm. good. And then going to take English and journalism at the same time, which, you know, that's, that's kind of interesting because there are rules in English that sometimes writing and journalism doesn't reflect all that. So you had a you had a balance that, but then we had a lot, just a lot of facilities to, you know, work your craft. There was also a, a studio for the for the TV um, classes you would take, and you know we we're doing shows and doing mock uh, talk shows. I remember doing a mock talk show one time, and it was you had to do 15 minutes just by yourself. And I remember getting out of that. I'm thinking, wow, that was. That was tough. That was exhilarating. And then I don't remember the name of the teacher, but he said, he goes, son, he goes, you just might have what it takes to make it in this business. At the same time, they brought in, in the journalism classes, they would bring in uh, news directors and TV people. And I remember uh, a news director from Sioux City went in, came into one of our, our classes and the guy said, hey, you know, who wants to be sports sportscaster in here and a bunch of the guys obviously want to do that that's a fun part of, of life life's toy department a little bit and he goes you guys are never going to make it he goes everybody wants to do that and i i remember walking out of that class because you know you just learn that right then and there you you have to really believe in yourself and i think iowa state gave me a lot of belief in myself as a, as a guy that was trying to find his way and you know i'll never forget it that's for sure it really led to an unbelievable experience in my life covering just about every major sport, every major event, Super Bowls, NBA Finals, World Series, golf tournaments. I mean, it's it's really been quite the journey for me and, and doing it all my entire career in one major market like Chicago. Yeah. So how did, Jeff, you end up for going from Iowa State to Chicago? What was the journey from graduating, you know, from the basements of Friley Hall, yeah. uh, doing a sport, late night sports talk show to, to where you're at today as the play-by-play voice for the Chicago Bears? I was fortunate to get a job at something called Sports Phone, which no longer exists, but a lot of young sportscasters in, in major markets started there. And it was a it was a telephone service, 9761313. And you, you did one minute sportscasts and you did scoreboard updates every 10 minutes. And that was your job. And basically it was it was very, very big for the gambling community at that time because there were there was no internet, obviously, and they want to know what the scores were. We gave them that. But, you know, what it did, it, it allowed you to learn how to speak concise. It gave you a chance to cover games and be a reporter. And there's a lot of great group of people that I, I worked with that are still doing games to, to this day uh, and very close friends of mine. But that, that, that gave me the start. And then you get noticed at games and, you know, your style and whatnot. And then I worked for the Illinois Radio Network, which was a state-run network. And, and at that time, early on, uh, we got to do the, the Chicago Bulls. We were the the network of the Bulls radio pre and post game, not on the flagship station, but I mean, I'm 1991. I'm covering 
Michael Jordan's Bulls in the NBA Finals in L.A. basically by my, by myself with a producer back in Chicago. And, you know, that really started it right there, getting noticed that you could do something other than just a sportscast, but long-form sports programming. And that developed, and I covered every NBA championship. I was pre- and post-game um, uh, host for the Bulls during uh, a big chunk of the 90s, uh, during the Jordan era. So then that led to being a pre-game host for the Bears, and that led to, in 2001, getting the opportunity of a lifetime being named Voice of the Chicago Bears. And here we are 20 years later. It's hard to believe that it's been two decades, but I have experienced uh, everything you could possibly experience with this organization. It's been an unbelievable relationship. They've taken care of me in a big way and my family, and you know I'm honored to do it. I'm humbled. It's, it's, it's a rare job to get, and there's only 32 of us in, in the world calling radio for uh, the Chicago Bears and the National Football League. And, you know, I feel a great responsibility uh, of charting the history of the game because that's what we do. You know, I'm all, you know, you're often tied with NFL films, which is the pictures and the video, and they throw our name, our voices on there to tie it all together and have it come to life. So I, I love what I do. Well, Jeff, what a year this has been in the entire sports landscape. I know the NFL season is underway now, but Things are looking a lot different. No fans in the stands or limited yeah. fans, I guess, in some stadiums. But depending on where you're at, coaches and personnel wearing masks. I know you said that you're not really able to interact with the players face-to-face. So what has this past six or seven months been like for you? Uh, it's been quite challenging, quite stressful. Uh, I actually was in Europe right when the outbreak happened. And so uh, it, it, it was quiet here and it was not quiet over there. Um, so made it back and I had not been in the city where my radio station WBBM is located downtown since January. And, uh, for the first time this past weekend, I was in the station for the first time since January, everything's been out of my house. Uh, I have a setup to do all my sports casts because during the week I'm a Monday through Friday sports anchor. I'm the sports director of the radio station and I've done six hour NFL draft shows from my, from my office. I've done uh, multiple TV shows from my dining room. Um, and I've done everything I would do in a studio from my house. And everything is Zoom, obviously. So every interview is a Zoom. And, and, and it's really made you more creative. And it made you more available now because, you know, all that drive time it takes in Chicago to get from one place to the next to do your shift. Now you can roll out of bed, pop on your board and, boom, you're doing an interview with somebody at six in the morning if necessary. So it's become a lot more flexible uh, for what we need to accomplish. And during the season, we have to accomplish a lot. It's just not game day. We're, we're putting together three-hour pregame shows. We're doing multiple TV shows and things for the internet uh, for both the Bears and WBBM, uh, which is an intercom radio station. So myself and my broadcast partner, Tom Thayer, who does the games with me, We've been together this whole time for, for 25 years. We, we have a lot on our plate. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot to do during the course of the week, and it's complicated by the lack of face-to-face time. You lose some of the insight you might get throughout the course of a week when you're up at the Bears facilities and you're able to just have casual conversations off the record and um, learning some things for context for game day. So that, that part's been a challenge, but, you know, we've been able to conquer it. And then to this, as of the taping of this uh, interview here. We, we've done three games. We've done one in the stadium with no fans at, at home against uh, at Soldier Field. 
with a reduced staff. So usually I have a spotter, a statistician, a producer, a sideline reporter, two parabolic mic field mic guys, and an engineer. Well, now I have a broadcast partner and an engineer. So that's been a real adjustment for me as a play-by-play guy without a spotter, which helps you identify tackles and whatnot. You can't get it all. And then a statistician is right there. You can just look and see, you know, important stats in terms of context at the moment. And all, all that's gone right for right now because of social distancing. So that's been interesting. We were able to travel. It may be one of only two we do all year at Detroit. So that was also an interesting adjustment going to a place that you're not, you know, not used to being without fans or, or just the, 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 the game day experience is totally different, but, and then we did our first one. We did at the radio station uh, in week three, and that was on um, a feed that the NFL gave us. We call it the all 22. So it was an actual live feed of the entire field. So we can see all 22 players. And then you had feeds on, we had six TVs and we were able to call that game. I was most nervous about that one. I had never done it. NBA's doing it. NHL's doing it. Baseball's doing it. So I know it can be done, but you got to have the right facilities to do it. And we did. And I honestly felt like I was live at a game because our engineer was so good at creating the sound effects and getting all that done. Our, our radio station did a great job. And people were driving, friends of mine were driving from Colorado to Chicago. They were listening to the whole game on Sirius XM and they, they couldn't believe I wasn't in Atlanta calling the game. So it worked out. It's even though you have all this experience, that's a new one. And I, I have a feeling every, every week's going to be a new experience this year. But you mentioned that first game, you said you were at Soldier Field, no fans in the stands. What was that, just that experience like to call a live action, you know, the highest level of football with no fans in the stands? I know the fans really make up a large part, especially in Chicago. It does. And me, I, I'm a very energetic play-by-play guy. I go crazy. I lose my mind and and I feed off of noise. I feed off of crowd. So my headsets are always cranked up really high anyway. Um but my engineer did a great job at, at pumping in crowd noise that was being filtered through the stadium and also maybe doing some adjustments on his part. And you could really hear the quarterback making his, his, his hard count at the line of scrimmage and the signals and you hear players. So I honestly didn't feel it was any different. But if you take your headset off during a commercial, it's weird. It's eerie, dead pin drop quiet. There's nothing. And you got to. So you don't lose that energy. I, I, I wanted our listeners to be entertained and informed the same exact way they've been informed for the past, you know, 20 years. I want them to get the true broadcast. And so we had to make sure we kept our, kept our energy level up. Certainly from a studio, that's even more challenging. But honestly, we did it. We pulled it off. Um, it's not easy to do. And you just got to stay ingrained in the game and the emotion of the game and, and bring that passion of, of football. Jeff, when you think back to your more than 20 years of calling games, what have been some of your favorite memories, even maybe dating back to your time as a student here at Iowa State and even with the Chicago Bears now? Oh, my gosh. There was some great games at Iowa State uh, with the Jeff Hornacek crew and Johnny Orr against Missouri and Norm Stewart and Steve Stepanovich and uh, beating Oklahoma uh, with Wayman Tisdale. There was an Iowa State first night game that I called. Uh, in football, it was against Oklahoma, and Spencer Tillman was the running back. They were a powerful team. Um, I, I later talked, because Spencer is now a, a TV broadcaster as well for CBS, and I, I met him at a Super Bowl and talked to him about that night 
because the crowd was crazy. They brought in, they brought in lighting for the game. And uh, that, that was a memorable experience. I'm friends with David Archer, the former uh, Iowa State quarterback. He's now the color analyst for the Atlanta Falcons. So I called some of his games. I mean, th- those are great memories. Uh, I'll never forget, you know, interviewing and, and, and watching some of the great wrestling meets at Iowa State. Nate Carr, uh, uh, a, a fantastic Olympian. Um, and, you know, those, those memories are great. But for me, no, nobody grows up. First of all, I didn't think I was going to be in this business. So the fact that I'm in the business and love sports to think that you're going to be able to call a Super Bowl, which I did in 2006, is just mind-blowing. Uh, not everybody gets that opportunity, but uh, that one will live with me. And then Devin Hester, who uh, should be in the Hall of Fame one day, uh, he and I are so closely aligned because of all his return touchdowns and uh, me calling him ridiculous uh, in 2006 in a game against the Rams just took off like wildfire. So uh, that line and his performance – uh, really pushed me out the forefront a little bit. And then he, he returns the opening kick for a touchdown in the Super Bowl in Miami in his backyard. He grew up in Riviera Beach, Florida. So for me, that that one I'll never forget. Uh, the Bears winning the NFC Championship to get there. It was, uh, I, it was a snow globe moment. The snow started flying after they were wrapping up beating the Saints. That was a memorable moment as well. Uh, just some great individual performances calling almost every snap of Brian Erlacher's Hall of Fame career. Um, certainly Devin Hester, and then and then being there for just the most dramatic of moments throughout Michael Jordan's career and seeing that team. You know, it, it's funny because the last dance, if you saw it, the documentary, <clears throat> I was there. I was there at every game. Not once did you see me in that documentary, not even a glimpse. I am like going frame by frame to prove to my daughters who aren't even born yet that your dad covered that. Um, but it, it didn't happen, but they should have interviewed you for that. Nah, I was just, <laughs> I was just, uh, I was just a reporter, you know, doing some pre post game, but it, those are great memories, uh, that I'll never forget. That's for sure. Well, another guy that's making memories is David Montgomery, a former right. Iowa state running back. Who's now part of the Chicago bears drafted by you guys a couple of years ago in the third round, but he's been a, a guy that's really turned some heads in the NFL. And I know it's, it's no strange sight to people who watched him here at Iowa State, but what have been your thoughts of David Montgomery so far? Well, he's a classy young man, number one. Uh, this guy, there's a lot more to him than just being a football player. That, that I assure you, and I know you guys know that. And, you know, he was uh, Matt Campbell's guy, man. Matt, Matt did a great job of recruiting David Montgomery to Iowa State. He referred to him as a culture changer, and, and that's what he wants to be with the Chicago Bears. He is in his second year now. He feels more comfortable being – uh, a leader and uh, he's off to a great start this year and it's a guy who really wants to be great and some guys it's just lip service but other guys you can look in their eye and know that this is exactly what they want um, he's a great representative of the Chicago Bears great representative of himself and his family and uh, a dynamic football player third round pick that probably believes he should have been a first round pick but uh, those type those type of guys that have that belief and have that chip on their shoulder and from humble beginnings, growing up in a tough area, Cincinnati in his life, nothing was ever given to him. He had to work for it. Uh, I really enjoy David Montgomery. Uh, he is a, he's a true blue uh, Cyclone fan, 100%. Very, very powerful representative of the university. And uh, all Iowa State football fans should be proud of David. 
and how he carries himself, how he comports himself. And he's going to be a very, very good football player, just scratching the surface in an offense that will, you know, this year feature him a lot more than in 2019. And uh, he's, he's well equipped to become a, a dangerous running back, both by, by ground and by air. He had a touchdown catch of 28 yards in the opener um, or against the uh, New York Giants and uh, had some big runs to, to close out these wins here the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah, he's a, he's a tough guy. <laughs> yes, he is. Hard to knock down. So, so Jeff, you grew up in, in Illinois, and I know that your daughter is actually a student here at Iowa State yes. as well, right? Yes, my, my daughter Caitlin is a junior, so I'm proud that she picked Iowa State. Uh, Daddy didn't have too much influence. You know, that was a personal decision, but it, it's a wonderful place. I, I was back there in February for my first basketball game since I graduated in that in Hilton Coliseum. I hadn't been there since graduation night uh, in terms of games. It's hard, hard to get away given my schedule and uh, hope to get to a football game one of these days. Just never seems to time up with our bye week. But, um, yeah, she loves Iowa State and uh, taking advantage of all the opportunities the university provides. And, you know, since being back now because of her, just seeing the growth of, on campus and the, and the assets that the university keeps uh, pouring into the to the franchise, so to speak, you know, the the the, the buildings and the, and and making sure that they continue to to, to uh, create facilities because to me that's the biggest key is giving students the opportunity to have the ability to to have as much afforded to them as possible as it takes them into the the real world of of life so they can cut their teeth there and get as much experience and if there's any advice to be thrown get as much experience as possibly can because without it. I would never have been able to step right into a job in Chicago and then grow myself. So a lot of kids want to do what I do and uh, both men and women. And, you know, you got to get your experience and it's difficult because internships are not what they used to be. And so you got to, you got to either do it on campus and, and be creative. Um, now with social media, you can all be creative and really start to develop your own brand right away. Just make sure what you do, it'll follow you forever if you don't do it the right way. So uh, as a manager as well, a person has hired people for the last 25 years as, as well is, is a big, important component to it. Jeff, Iowa State University graduates are using their degrees to make their communities, their states, the world a better place. When I think about the work that you're doing on the radio for the Bears, it really does seem to provide an escape and some normalcy to people, especially those who want to stay connected to the team and can't be there in person. But how do you feel you've been able to make an impact in the work that you do? You know, you don't knowingly uh, realize what you do, but, you know, in radio, which is a medium that I cherish and love, it's a, it's a very intimate medium because you're in somebody's car, you're in somebody's living room, you're in somebody's life while they're going about their business. It could be uh, a family, you know, on a picnic or, you know, helping your dad rake leaves in the backyard with the radio on. Uh, and I don't take that lightly, and neither does my broadcast partner, Tom Thayer, who played with the 85 Bears and grew up in a, a huge football family in Joliet, Illinois, south of Chicago. And it it brought people together, and that's what football does. Certainly in this town, football rules. I mean, Cubs, everybody loves the Cubs, if you're a North Sider or not. Uh, baseball is big, but, you know, nothing nothing brings a city together like football, and it brings families together. It's It's a routine. It's a ritual. It's a tradition. 
to you know have your tailgate have your have your morning start with a little tailgate and then whether it be in your your man cave or your driveway or at soldier field and you know they got us out of the background so we have a great responsibility because you know we only get 20 cracks at it unless you go to the playoffs that's 20 days out of 365 so whatever's happening in our lives um, is irrelevant we got to show up on sunday and, and be entertainers and be informed uh, informative and and just you know, let loose and have the passion of Bears football come come right out of us. And that's how we, we go about our business. And um, we do know, and, I, and you know, as a, as a son of a dad, uh, a late father who died uh, at the age of 52, who loved football, I know what Sundays meant to him. And when things didn't go well, dinner time was awful because you'd hear the fork and the knife on the plate and no conversation, but it kind of set the tone for the rest of the week. And I, I do feel that's the way it works here in Chicago and for football fans all across the country and probably no different on Saturdays at Iowa state. Uh, it's just so important. It just, it's, it's the unique sport in that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a week by week drama. It's a week to week league in the NFL. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, it's, it's one of the great um, reality shows TV or otherwise in the world, because uh, you could have the best team, but you're not going to win for whatever reason, or you, you lose a player or the weather or, uh, a kick that goes south on you. So it's it's just, it's a unique unique way to connect with people and entertain them. And uh, I hope we make people feel pretty good and excited about the sport. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today and good luck to you and to the Bears the rest of the season, all right? Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me on and go Cyclones, go Bears. Go Cyclones, all right. That's Jeff Joniak, and thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week live from Size Lounge.